Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sutherland Springs guests. Thank you for, uh, for joining us for worship this morning. We're glad you're here. Uh, as we normally do, we're going to start our worship service with a song. And, uh, you know, it's just a few days before Christmas, so we've got some Christmas songs playing, playing for you guys. Uh, so let's sing Joy to the World this morning as we open our service. The words will be up on the screen if you guys would like to stand and sing or just take a comfortable position, whatever that is for you. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth. Let men their songs employ White fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains Repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy Repeat, repeat the sounding joy No more that sings and sorrows see everybody this morning. I'm thinking I'm supposed to have somebody do an announcement later or somebody tell me, uh, giving me a hint. Oh, okay. I, I promise I'm off the bottle, but. <laughs> Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you being able to be here. What a glorious day it is already. It's been a glorious weekend and I'm just looking forward to what God's going to do throughout this service and throughout the Christmas caroling tonight and throughout all this week as we celebrate his birth. Amen. The whole reason we come to church, the whole reason why we're here is to worship the one true king. And Christmas season is when we celebrate the birth of that king coming on demand. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And as we sing songs today, open your heart and let God minister, not just to you, but you back to him to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I do come before you this morning thanking you for who you are and what you are and praising your name for, for allowing us to to come together openly and willingly into this place 
to just praise you, to sing praises onto you, to hear your word spoken back onto us. So be with the musicians this morning, Lord God, as they lead us in praise. Be with each one of us, whether it be in word, whether it be in dance, in video, whatever it may be, whether a handshake or hug, but may we say it's been great to be in your house, in your presence, God, for it's not about me, it's all about you. And if there's someone here today, for whatever the reason, they have never truly accepted you as their Lord. Maybe they've come to church their whole life, but just now realize that they really do not have that relationship. May they go into this Christmas season healed, cleaned, and washed by accepting your gift of grace and being washed by the blood of the Lamb. Father, I lay this service at your feet, and may your will be done. May you guide the hands and the thoughts of all who are here. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says... Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good seeing everybody this morning. I don't know what happened on this side. There's a whole lot of empty seats here and one full side. So even though the church is leaning this way, walk around, shake somebody's hand, tell them God loves them this morning.
Amen. Amen. Chris and the guys have been practicing that, and from what I understand, Chris compiled all that. So praise God for that. Amen. So now all you guys are going to Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert. You don't have to. Get a, re- get a refund. <laughs> okay, just a few announcements this morning. Christmas Eve services. We're right here on top of us. Tuesday evening. I want to encourage everybody to come out. What we do on Christmas Eve, it gives us an opportunity. You may say, I already know the Christmas story. But what better way to go into the celebration of God's birth than to remember and talk about that birth. So we gather together here Christmas Eve, 6 o'clock. Come on in. We're going we're gonna to sing. We're going to re- go through the Christmas story. And we're just going to light our candles. For God said that, he, that we wouldn't light, hold our, light our candle and hold it under a bushel. For Christmas Eve, we're going to light our candle and hold it up. And let every car that goes down, everyone see the light coming from here, representing our Lord on his birthday. Amen? So I encourage you to come be a part of that. Amen. There will be no Thursday night service this week, the night after Christmas. So if you come up Thursday night, you'll have your own little Bible study. <laughs> Rest of us probably won't be here. Knowing David, he might show up anyway. But <laughs> uh, tonight, 6 o'clock this evening, there is no Ezekiel class, but we are going Christmas caroling. If you've never been with us, we hook up a couple of trailers the fire department will be here to lead us around, and we're going to go up and down in the neighborhood here, and we just sing Christmas carols and ride the trailer and have a good time, come back and fellowship with hot chocolate and cookies and things of that nature. So if you would like to come and be a part of that, one of the trailers is lower than the other if you're worried about not getting up on one. However, those that can remember Miss Maureen, uh, we built a ramp so because she, she was going no matter what, and she got on the high one even. Um, but anyone, welcome, please come and have a good time with us this evening. But Brother Rod, you wanted to share this? There you are. Brother Rod, you want to share? Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the caroling because I almost forgot and I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say thank you. Yesterday we had our annual Faith Riders toy run and it was just totally marvelous. And it's all because of you people, the writers, the people who donate, the spirit, the church and all made, we had 76 kids that Santa Claus delivered gifts to. And we had probably another 40 kids that met us along the roads. And they got gifts and stuff too, but it's all because of you. It was just marvelous. And Santa Claus, I'm not pointing at you, Matt. But uh, it was just beautiful. The Grinch came all the way down from Missouri just for the ride yesterday. And we even had a Corvette in it. So you're welcome to come. Even if you don't ride bikes, remember next year. Bring your vehicles, come out, share the joy that we share with these kids that may not have had much of a Christmas without it. And it's all because of you. Thank you. Amen. I, also, I, I had a parent call me last week that lived on Hickory Hill, and they said, our kids aren't on that list. We don't want to be on the list, but we want to make sure y'all are coming, because when we see 30 or 40 motorcycles, we hear them at the end of the road, and we look forward to that sound every year, because my kids run to the fence to be able to wave at everybody as they go by. Hallelujah. That, that's getting the word out there that Christ is moving amongst the neighborhoods, even if it takes the rumble of, a, of 40 Harleys to do it. It's, it's getting out there. Amen. 
Oh, and a Suzuki. Somebody told me there was a Suzuki in the mix. But they didn't hear that one. But anyway. (laughs) Sherry, Miss Kay. (laughs) She's wagging her finger at me, guys. Truth. Nicer than me till Christmas. Okay, so I'm here with our update for our Lottie Moon offering that we are doing. And I want to start off by saying thank you all. We still have two weekends today and next weekend to collect for our missions. It goes across internationally. It goes just for the missionaries. Um, So we have two. If you're going to donate, please pray about it. And if you feel led... Um, on your donation in the memo line of your check, or if you're going to put it in an envelope on the envelope, just put Lottie Moon so we know that it's designated for that. Yes, ma'am. To making our goal? I am so glad you asked that. So our goal was 1500 and we are currently... So you will see I have crossed out our goal, and we now have a new goal of 2,500 because we're at 1,750. So we have two weekends. We're going to hit 2,500, y'all. Thank you. Is this where it goes, Chris? Okay. All right. Um, I think that was Daryl. Daryl, where is Daryl? Come on up, brother. On them steps, huh? <laughs> Father God, I just come before you and just thank you for this man who's willing to give up his uh, time to study and to just pray and to listen to what it is you'd have him to share with us today. So, God, I pray we hear you through him in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning, church. Good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. This morning, let me see. Oh. Let me get my David's on. <laughs> Gotta have my David's. Uh, my scripture this morning is in James uh, 1 17. If y'all wanna go ahead and get there, but I have a little something extra this morning. Uh, I'd seen this bits and pieces of this throughout the years, but I've never seen it all put together in uh, one, one whole thing. So, and I thought it uh, brought to mind the real meaning of what we should be thinking about this year and our every year, every day, what Christmas is really all about. So did you know that chopping down the Christmas tree represents the death of Christ and putting it back up represents the resurrection of Christ? Did you know what the wreaths we hang are never-ending circles that represent eternity? Candy canes were made to look like shepherd's hooks and the color red for Jesus' blood and white for purity. The gifts represent the three gifts the wise man brought for Jesus. 
So when you're running around trying to get the perfect gift, stop yourself, take a deep breath, and remember we have been given the perfect gift. Jesus Christ was the gift given to us to remove all our sins. So we all, as Christians and believers, we already have that perfect gift. And uh, it's, as Christians and believers, it's not something, a gift we get and keep to ourselves. We have to share it with others and bring others to the Lord, giving them that gift or helping them get that gift is a gift in itself. So, right, Morgan, you put that up here. Thank you, babe. I forgot to ask you. All right, let's see. Uh, James 1, verse 17. It says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting sands. Our God, our Lord, people, it's the same every day, yesterday, today, tomorrow, you know, and that's the gift, the gift, like I said a while ago, that we need to share with others. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. <coughs> Lord, I thank you for coming to earth so you could redeem me. When I think of the extent to which you were willing to go into order to save me, it makes me want to shout, to celebrate, and to cry with thankfulness. You love me so much, and I am so grateful for that love. Without you, I would still be lost and in sin. But because of everything you have done for me today, I am free. My life is blessed. Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And Satan has no right to control me. I would be eternally thankful to you for everything you did to save me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. All right, well, back to singing we go. We're going to sing some more Christmas songs, but uh, this morning I would like for you guys to, even though these may be familiar songs, uh, think about the words that you're singing for just a moment, right? Don't just, don't just go into autopilot mode singing these songs, especially if they're super familiar to you. Uh, think about what you're singing, because there's some pretty deep meanings in these songs. So if you want to rise uh, and sing with us, we're going to start with Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
Let the vision see. 
seated this morning. Before I get started this morning, though, we have another special blessing going to be performed for us this morning. Raisa is going to come up and she is going to share the talents that God has blessed her with, with us this morning. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Give God's glory. Amen. I pray we all would put our heart into what we do for the Lord so much. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Philippians. We have quite a few scriptures we're going to go through this morning. So if you have a pen and paper, you may want to take these down. Did you find that list I gave you this morning, Morgan, that I left in there? Awesome. As we get started this morning, I want to make sure, guys, that we understand that we serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty, mighty God. And I, I, I feel as though when I say that, that we need to recognize and realize as well that as a mighty God, He is a merciful God. He is a righteous God. But He is a powerful God. And He is a God who has and had, has and will always have an incredible heart for his people. A brave heart for his people. Now, I understand, I'm going to reference a movie that is very uh, powerful to me. I rarely watch a movie more than once, yet this movie I've watched several times. But I have a feeling that most people in here have probably seen this movie. It's the, the movie's title is Braveheart. Yeah, I hear a lot of yeses. <laughs> there we go. Hey, there you go. It is the story of William Wallace. We're not going to show it for a little bit, baby. It is the story of William Wallace. I'll holler at you when we're going to get to there. We're going to see a clip from that movie in just a few moments. But right now, I want to make sure that we kind of set it up for everybody. William Wallace was one of Scotland's greatest heroes. He, he, in fact, I have to confess... I didn't really know who William Wallace was till I first saw the movie many years ago. And then I had to research it. And it was one of the catalysts that, that God used for me to pursue one of my degrees is in medieval Renaissance studies. And one of the things that pushed me there was that movie way back when. I wanted to learn more about that time period. We'll see a clip in just a few moments. But I feel like that clip really ties us into the Christmas story today. Now, let me set up the movie clip. Let me set up what I'm trying to talk about this morning. Because I really prayed about this message today. Was it, was it of me because I liked the movie? Was it of me because I'm just, it just fits that spirit for me? But the more I prayed about it, the more it made sense of how this all comes together. Because you see, William Wallace, I found out, was an a incredibly committed Christian. 
In fact, according to Steve Farrar, who is a, he has a lot of men's groups and starts a lot of men's ministries and things of this nature, this movie touched on his faith, but it really diluted his Christianity by inserting uh, immorality, if you will, that was not historically based. There was a lot of things that was brought in in the immorality state there in the setting up of the movie that we have no history of. But what we do have history of is that he was a very godly man. In fact, he, he was very deep in his faith. You may remember there was a man in the movie that had a small part, but in reality, there was a man that always followed him around named John Blair. John Blair was his personal chaplain. John Blair was his, his morality guide. In other words, he was the one who was credited with the first writing down the story of William Wallace. But William Wallace had him always there. So when he made decisions, when he was making choices, he would turn to Blair and say, is this godly? Is this scriptural? I don't want to step out of what I feel as though God would have me to do. Hallelujah. We need more leaders like that today. Amen. But he would always take it back to where he thought it would mean to be a man or a person of integrity. But the main thing that he lived his life by, the main thing that he wanted for the Scots was freedom. He felt as though that we were to be able to live freely, to be able to worship God freely, to be able to choose to raise our crops freely, to be able to live as the way God desired us to live in freedom. Now, the story revolves around the time when the king of Scotland died and there was no clear successor to the throne. Now, in those days, that that would, that, that's huge. That, that, that starts all kinds of fighting and bickering. Well, the king of England at the time says, hey, here's my chance. While they're all fighting and everything, I have the, the most trained army. I have the most implements of war. I have all this stuff. I'm just going to go claim Scotland for myself. So Edward the Longshanks steps into the turmoil and says, I am now king over Scotland. And the main tactic he used wasn't war as much as he would go up there and he'd buy off Scottish nobles. Wow, sounds kind of today in many ways. But he would go and he would buy off all these Scottish nobles. He'd buy off the big shots. He'd go to the people who owned land. He'd give them more land that wasn't his to give, but he would give it to them anyway and, and give them titles and say, here's more land, here's more titles. You come on side with me. You go and proclaim to the people of Scotland that, that Edward the Longshanks is the king. You go and, and do this for me, and I'll make sure you have all these perks. William Wallace didn't like that at all. William Wallace actually was a person of title, and he said, no, I want Scotland to be free. And he, he, he stood his ground and he got tired of the English coming in and raping and pillaging the Scottish people. And William Wallace said, there's got to be a stop to this. Now the movie says, and it looks like maybe historically, that the, that the English even killed his wife in, in, the, in the midst of all this. But what, the bottom line is William Wallace came in as a leader and he, he rallied all the common men of Scotland. He brought them together and he said, we are going to go and we're going to fight against the well-trained, the well-armed armies of England. Now the people are like, that's crazy. How can we fight England? How can we go against something that's so big? And William led them into that battle anyway. You see, William had a brave heart. His heart was for freedom. His heart was built on integrity and character. His heart was to make a stand for what he knew would be right, regardless of how large the adversary may seem. 
And Wallace would stand his ground. He was offered land. He was offered titles. He couldn't be bought off like the other nobles. He said, no, I don't build myself on titles and, 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 and land. I build myself on integrity. I build myself on character, on integrity and character that comes from the word of God. Hallelujah. There was a higher goal for William Wallace. His goal was to have freedom for the Scottish people. His goal was not to hold a title. His goal was not to be a a hero. His goal was to win freedom for the Scottish people. And he had a brave heart, that's where the title comes from for the movie, enough to stand and fight for what he believed in. Similarly, I would submit to you this morning, that's the story of God at Christmas time. Because you see, Christmas time shows what God was willing to do for you and I so that we could have freedom from sin. So that we could have freedom even more than what the governments and the world can give us. It's not about land and titles on this side of glory. It's being able to live freely on this side of glory. It's being able to walk with our heads held high in who we are in the way that Christ has made us to live. It's not about a financial bracket. It's not about a racial epithet. It's not about anything this world has to say. It's whether or not I can choose to live freely the way my God has desired and designed me to live. And that's what God came to this earth to do, to give us back that freedom. The fall in the garden stole that freedom from us. We've been shackled by sin, and we were shackled to that sin until he chose to come and lead us to freedom. And just like the commoners of Scotland had to choose whether to follow William Wallace and, and Robert the Bruce or not, it's the same decision we have. We choose to follow Christ or not to pursue that freedom. In Philippians chapter 2, Verse 6, it says, Make your own attitude that of, excuse me, verse 5, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. You hear what's going on there? Jesus, whose very nature is God, chose. He did not use his title. He did not use his title. He did not use his rights. He did not use his nobility. He did not call down the powers from heaven that was at his beck and call. He could have said, I'm just God and this is the way it's going to be. He couldn't be bought off. In Luke chapter 4, it says Satan offered him everything to to change his mind, to not carry out this plan of salvation for people. He was offered the world. He was offered all the land and titles. But Jesus said no. He was tempted as a human being. Guys, if you didn't realize it, Jesus gave up everything in glory to come down on this earth and make himself as a slave for you and I. And in so doing, was not going to compromise his integrity, was not going to compromise his character, even when he was tempted with everything. Back in the book of Luke, in in the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, it says, So he took him up, this is Satan, took Jesus up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world at a moment at a time. And the devil said to him, I will give you their splendor and all this authority because it has been given over to me and I can give it to anyone I want. What? If you then will worship me, 
all will be yours. William Wallace chose not to bow down to Edward the Longshanks. Jesus Christ chose not to bow down to Satan. Jesus, and and understand this, guys. This is why I want to make sure we understand. In that human form, he had been out in this desert for 40 days. He was feeling weak. He was hungry. After having gone without food for 40 days, you would think that most of us would do anything for a sandwich. Anything. But yet, here he was. Satan comes to him, and he still could not be bought. He chose, what that shows to you, to me anyway, and hopefully to you as well, he chose to come alongside the poor. He chose to come alongside the victimized. He chose to come along the sinner. He chose to come along you and I and the same things that we go through and with a brave heart humbled himself, became a slave and said, I will do whatever it takes to lead my people to freedom. Hallelujah. We have the freedom we have in Christ today because of the brave heart of Jesus. He came to show us that God can take humankind that, 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 that was going in so many different directions that is tra- trapped in their sin. But I plan to come down and team up with them and rise against the tyrants of darkness. To rise against the evil one. To rise against Satan himself. Satan, if you, if you think about it, he thought he won when he had Christ crucified on that tree. What he didn't realize was three days later, my God had a plan. And what we read in Philippians, he chose to carry it out to the very end. Remember, as a man, Jesus said, God, if there's any other way, yet not my will but thine be done. Again, I revert back to the movie and think about how William Wallace, even after he's betrayed and he's laying there on the stocks and he's given one more chance to, re- to, to retract what everything he's been doing. And instead he hollers out, freedom! He chose to give his life to start that revolution and to spark a fire in Robert the Bruce to go forth and win the freedom for Scotland. Folks, when Christ hung upon that tree and looked down and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When he looked up at the very end and said, Father, it is finished. Into thine hands I commend my spirit. When he was crying that out on the cross and his spirit left him, the skies darkened, the earth cracked open, and people knew he was in it to the end. Amen? So that we could have freedom to stand against the darknesses of this world. It, it would be what Tolkien would call Mordor or Sauron. It was the darknesses that continue to try to come against us. He said, I will make this stand. I will take the barrier away that stands between my people and God by offering myself as a ransom for the sins of this world. That is a brave heart. He that knew no sin, the Bible says. Folks, think about it. Sin is the the ugliest, harshest, caustic thing that could ever come in the presence of God. He that knew no sin chose to become our sin on that cross. Just as William Wallace wanted freedom for the people of Scotland, our God wanted freedom for his people on this earth. So that we could have a capability of reestablishing a relationship Jesus, our Savior, our Christ, wanted freedom for all people in this world. For God hears the cries. He doesn't turn his back on us, guys. The whole point of Christmas, 
was that he heard the cries of his people. He heard the tortured suffering of his people. He heard how people would cry out thinking there's no way ever to step in his, in his presence again. And he was so moved and he so loved his people upon this earth that he showed compassion and he said, I will send my son. And that's what happened at Christmas when that child was born of a virgin. And that child's going to come and he's going to die for you. The darknesses, the, the, the choices humankind has made to, to make life uh, to be what it is apart from God. He said, I'm going to send my son so I can keep that at bay. So I can take that away. I'm going to send my son so his blood can wash you and make you whole again. So at the coming of that first Christmas, that Christ child, folks, a brave heart was born. And his name wasn't William Wallace. His name wasn't Mel Gibson. His name was Jesus Christ. And he grew up. And he rallied a group of men around him. He called them apostles. And when he brought them apostles around them, they went forth and they turned the world upside down. The world has never recovered from what Christ has done and is still doing. And we today can still see with our own lives that there are lives still being changed. That God is still moving and he's working through those who choose to humble themselves and listen to that word and listen to that direction. He is still moving. You may say, but I'm in the midst of a trial. I'm in the midst of a, a powerful pain. I've got this going on. I've lost a loved one. My medical condition, my finances, whatever the situation is you're in right now, my God is walking there with you if you know him. And when you come out the other side, you will be more powerful. You will be more incredible and you'll be more used because you chose to glorify him in the fire. He will rise you up, raise you up after the fire. And you will be the beacon that he continues to use, just as he did the apostles. Peter denied him three times. Oh, but brother, Pastor Frank, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going, you know, I'm so sinful. Why would God ever choose me? Peter denied him three times. But when he repented and looked into the eyes of God, he said, "You know, I love you." And God said, "Upon you, we should, and and the, the church shall be built upon that profession, upon this grace, upon the power of those who know me." church shall be built that is you and I that profess Jesus Christ and that happened because that brave heart of Jesus as a man chose not to call down the 10,000 angels but chose to go to the cross and die in our stead hallelujah hallelujah that was Jesus mission that was his heart that's the story of Christmas Yes, it's great that we watch all these cute cartoons every year ever since I was little. I think some of them were around even back when Stormy was little. (laughs) Sorry, brother, I just had a Flintstones moment come through. (laughs) Love you, man. But anyway, in all seriousness, Christ knew from the very beginning, these are my people. This is going to be my mission. That's why we know in the book of Matthew... Chapter 1, it says that, that as, as that story is unfolding, it says she will give birth to a son. And you're to give him the name Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this brings you and I to a choice. Shall we follow this brave heart of God? 
Shall we listen to what he has to say? Shall we fall in line with that or not? Now I'm going to go back to the movie for just a minute. You see, there was another brave young noble in Scotland's history. There was another brave young noble that was there in Scotland when William Wallace was making this stand. His name was Robert the Bruce. He was the logical successor to the throne of Scotland, if you will. But he admired the courage and the passion of Wallace. And even though he had land and he had titles, he looked to William Wallace. And there's something very pertinent. I shared with David this morning. I had to go through a lot of YouTubes to find this one passage because I couldn't remember exactly where it was in the movie. And Morgan, you can go ahead and start that now. But he's asking, Robert the Brutes is asking, what does it mean to be a noble? Or let me change that. William Wallace is explaining what it means to be a noble. Go ahead, honey. Sir William, inasmuch as you and your captains hail from a region long known to support the Balliol clan, may we invite you to continue your support and uphold our rightful claim. Damn the Balliol clan! Is the time to declare a king. Oh, oh, wait! And you're prepared to recognize our legitimate succession. Andrew. You're the ones who won't support the rightful Those claim. were lies when you first spoke them. Oh, no, that's true. I demand recognition of these documents. These documents are lies when you wrote them. Hey, where are you going? We have beaten the English, but they'll come back. Because you won't stand together. Well, what will you do? I will invade England and defeat the English on their own ground. Uh, <laughs> invade? That's impossible. Why? Why is that impossible? You're so concerned with squabbling for the scraps from Longshank's table that you've missed your God-given right to something better. There's a difference between us. You think the people of this country exist to provide you with position. I think your position exists to provide those people with freedom. And I go to make sure that they have it. I respect what you said, but remember that these men have lands and castles. It's much to risk. And the common man that bleeds on the battlefield, does he risk less? No. But from top to bottom, this country has got no sense of itself. Its uh, nobles share allegiance with England. Its clans war with each other. If you make enemies on both sides of the border, We'll end up dead. We all end up dead. It's just a question of how, uh, why. I'm not a coward. I want what you want, but we need the nobles. We need them. Aye. Nobles. <laughs> now tell me, what does that mean to be noble? Your title gives you claim to the throne of our country, but men don't follow titles. They follow courage. Now our people know you, noble and common. They respect you, and if you would just lead them to freedom. 
they'd follow you. And so would I. Amen. The thing that I wanted to make sure that we grabbed out of that, that video, if you will, what did he say? He said that the, the title gives you the right to the throne of this country, but people don't follow titles. People follow courage. You can turn the lights back on, honey. People follow courage. And what we need to realize is that when God came, he could have just said, I'm God, and that's it. But instead, he made sure to provide the pathway for you and I, which took an incredible courage to do so. He was able to step out and do what the world would say was impossible to do. Because the forgiveness of sins could only come from the remission, I mean, excuse me, the remission of sins could only come from the shedding of blood. And they said, well, how can you do this? Because I am choosing to go down upon the world. And that have no sin. And he that has no sin said, then I will shed my sacrificial blood on that cross. Because I want people to see that they're not following a title. They're following a savior. Hallelujah. William Wallace is a hero of Scotland. And Robert the Bruce becomes a hero of Scotland. Now, on that first Christmas morning, I will say that God was presenting to you and I the hero of Christendom. He was presenting to you and I the brave heart, the courage of our God who did not stay in a cozy heaven. He could have stayed right where he was at. He could have stayed right there in heaven and had everything at his beck and call. But he said, I choose to carry out this plan. I choose to go forth and I choose to come and I choose to die. I choose to sacrifice myself on the cross of Calvary on that hill of Golgotha those many thousand years ago. I choose to do that so that whomsoever believeth in me. You know what it says in Galatians 5.1? It is for freedom that Christ set you free. Folks, freedom is not cheap. Freedom is not free. It takes a courageous heart to lead us. That's what Christ's shown us. That's what he has given us. And now as Christians, for those who have already claimed that gift of God, we should show the same kind of courage because he now abides within us and share that freedom with the world. It's time to quit putting our heads in the sand and saying, oh, poor us, and stand up and say, I choose to be one of the courageous ones. It's time for us to quit fighting amongst ourselves and amongst the churches and make us stand and say it's not about land and titles and buildings it's about freedom and the freedom comes through the blood of Jesus Christ and only when we stand for true freedom will we truly live for Christ I have been criticized in the past that I put freedom on too high of a bar but it's you know why because to me freedom equates with God God gave us the freedom to be the rulers of this land. He gave us the freedom to go forth and profess and believe and walk and act the way we choose to. Now, we can choose to turn our backs on him and pay the consequences, or we can choose to walk with him and be the warrior that he's called us to be on a daily basis. There's a reason why he says to put on the armor of God every day. You know, Robert goes on. His dad is a very treacherous person. He has leprosy, he's dying in the castle in, in, up in the tower. He's very devious, he's a very treacherous noble of Scotland. He talks Robert the Bruce in, in the, into defying 
William, I mean, into betraying William Wallace, and William Wallace gets captured, and he gets killed, murdered, executed. And yet, at the end, he hollers freedom. Robert the Bruce hears that cry of freedom, and he says, and he, he hears his friend, he hears this courageous man being executed outside his window. He knows what's happened. He knows what part he's had in that. And you know what he says then in the movie? And it, it, it says, they, we don't know how he said it in, in, in reality, but something to the same effect. He said, I have land, I have titles, I have men. And this is the part that is in historical record. I choose not to lose heart and be on the wrong side ever again. He realized that it's not about land. It's not about titles. It's not about all the stuff of this world. It's about heart. And it's the same thing with Christ. He realized that it was about heart. In Matthew chapter 6, if you want to whip over to Matthew 6, in chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Matthew 6, 19. Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Jump down to to verse 25. This is why I tell you this. Don't worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to height by worrying? And why do you worry about your clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown in the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek all those things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be provided unto you. You know what that's telling me? It's not about the things of this world that matters. It's about where my heart lies. And what is my heart seeking? If my heart is seeking the things of this world, nicer clothes, nicer cars, nicer food. If my heart is seeking the things of this world, it's all going to perish. I should just trust the Lord for that because he said what's important is where your heart is. God's heart was enough, was here for us to be able to have freedom. We, we tend to strive after nothing. Things that have no consequence. We'll strive and strive and strive. But how do we get out there and share the gospel? How do we get out there and share the freedom that God has given us? Do we live our lives? A, you know, no one says on that final day, I wish I'd spent more time in the office. I wish I'd eaten one more plate of barbecued ribs before it was all over. I wish I could wear Armani instead of Wrangler's. Nobody says that kind of stuff. You know what the number one saying is that comes back off of battlefields? Tell my wife I love her. Why? Because that's where their heart is. Where is your heart? That's what matters. When you come down to where the rubber meets the road and you have no more time, you're not going to care what car you drove. You're not going to care how big your house was. You're going to start caring about where's my heart? Where am I going with this? Jesus came for you and I. In John 3, 16 and 17, it says, As he gave and he died, he did so because he loves us. 
Christ's heart was with us, why isn't our heart with him? If we are more valuable than the birds of the air to him, then why aren't we valuable? Why aren't we making him valuable to us? Bottom line is this. When I think of that movie Braveheart, I do believe William Wallace had a brave heart. And he chose to lead the people of Scotland to freedom, which inspired, William, inspired Robert to Bruce to continue the fight and win the freedom for Scotland. But even greater than his brave heart, his heart was built on character and integrity. He got gleaned from the scriptures. Who was the one that gave him that? Jesus Christ. The true, the first brave heart that came that first Christmas morning. He gave up all his titles and all his power because his heart was with his people. And he said, whomever will put their heart in my hands as I've put mine in theirs, so shall I come in and sup with him. And we have fellowship forever. For whomsoever believeth in me shall not perish. And you know what the real neat thing is? That when you, take, when you allow Christ to move within your heart and he becomes the Lordship, he says he moves in with us. Those of us who may be timid and awkward, we have the power of the most brave heart ever, create, ever come down to earth abiding within us at that point. And we can go forth and live our lives with character and integrity. Oh, but it's impossible. You heard them all fighting in the clip. It's impossible to go out there and do that. You see the world out there? There are people today, oh, it's impossible to go out and live as a Christian. Oh, Christianity, that's a crutch. Anyone who tells you Christianity is a crutch has never tried to live a Christian life. But you know how you can do it? By seeking his face. Because he will lead us. He will not cower. He will not back down. And it may seem impossible at times. But if we will put our faith in the Christ child who came that first Christmas, who lived those 33 years sinless, tempted by the devil himself, looked for any other way at one point. That father, he said, he said, Father, if there's any other way, but yet not my will by thine be done. Carried it out to the plan till death on that cross. And said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. But the real great thing is three days later, the stone rolled away and he was no longer there. He beat death, hell, and the grave because his heart was for us. And my question to you now is where would your heart be for him? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? And if so, are you willing to be a, a, a soldier, a warrior for him? Are you willing to turn your back on those things you've been pursuing to pursue freedom? Because within that freedom, you may, he may give you the things that you were desiring in the first place. But the pursuit of those things may be what's bound you up and kept you from freedom. Are you willing to turn your life over to him? And if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus, you've never turned your heart over to him, I would suggest to you that the greatest gift ever given to man was given to us through the, the life of Jesus Christ. And he said he's willing and wanting to lead you to a better life if you so choose. 
So you can follow a church that's sitting like that, what them people there were, yelling and screaming and hitting each other with, with papers and talking about dogma and doctrine and all this ugly stuff that's going on. We have to have those things, but it's not for us to sit and fight over. The gospel is what I want to fight for. Or do you want to follow Christ and go out and change the world? That's the difference. That's the difference between his house and a church house. Which would you rather be? Which would you rather do? Let's all stand this morning. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. We all have a choice to make. Either you've chosen to follow God or you have not. You've chosen to allow him to be that leader to lead you to freedom or you have not. What is your decision today? If you're pursuing a title... That's wrong. But if you're pursuing the grace of God, hallelujah. Just as Reyesa sang for, danced for us just a moment ago, are you willing to surrender it all and give your heart to him for that one touch? That one touch. Where are you this morning? Father God, I come before you again right now and just ask, Lord, that you would just touch us in a mighty way. That you would just speak to us and let us feel your presence. If there's someone here today that does not know you, Lord God, may this be the day they surrender their heart unto you. Father, make this the greatest Christmas in someone's life by them receiving the gift that can never be taken away from them. By them truly surrendering their heart unto you. God, this service is all about you. So I pray this morning that as we have gathered in this place... May we believe here the warriors you've called us to be. Those who've known you and have just gotten lackadaisical, may we turn our hearts back to you. Those that don't know you, may they truly accept you for who you are. God, may thy will be done in this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we sing, if God's telling you to sing, sing. If God's telling you to get up and witness, get up and witness. If he's telling you to come down and pray, come down and pray. But whatever it is God's laid on your heart to do, will you do that this morning? As we sing, Chris. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for my name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me this depart. No tongue can bid me this depart. When Satan tempts me, to despair and tells me of the guilt within upward I look and see him there made an end to all my sin because the sinless Savior died my sinful soul is counted free oh God the justice satisfied to look on him and pardon me. 
I pray this morning that if you're here and you don't know Jesus, understand that's your decision. You can't stand before the Lord one day and say, I didn't know. Because after today, you do know. And after today, you know that he came and he said, the world may say it's impossible, but I'm telling you all things are possible through me, through Christ Jesus. If you're here and you say, well, my sin's too big, pastor. You don't know who I am. You're right. I don't. But I know who my God is, and if this earth is nothing but a footstool to my God, then what is your sin to him? He can wash it and take it away faster than you can imagine, if you choose to give it over. Where are you? Don't leave here today without getting that right. And if you're here today and you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's not squabble this Christmas season with one another. Let's lift hands, let's praise the Lord, and let's sing out and lead the rest of the world to that same freedom that we have through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I pray that our, our words, our last words, in the movie for William Wallace, it was freedom. I pray ours will also be freedom through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. 
Praise the Lord for each one of you. We've got some here from uh, Iowa and other places visiting with us. Praise God. It's good to see you again this morning, Miss Paula. Good to see everybody. Just keep looking up, keep trusting the Lord, and give him all praise. Amen? Amen. Amen. Brother Errol, will you close us in prayer this morning, brother? Merry, 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 merry Christmas Merry, 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 merry Christmas Bearing gifts we travel so far